Hamilton Lines Company, Well Networks, has launched the country's first utility-scale battery storage system. The battery, which is near Huntley, can provide 35 megawatt-hours of energy, enough for about 2,000 homes, and is capable of providing, quote, fast reserves support, unquote, for the national grid in the North Island. The build of the site began in July last year. There have been delays that meant it took a year longer to complete than originally planned. The Lines Company has set up a subsidiary, New Power Energy, which will own and operate the battery, selling generation into the electricity reserves market. New Power's Chief Executive Grant Smith is in the Wellington studio. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. Are you the first Lines Company to have battery storage? Yes, good morning. Um, yes, we are the first utility storage company. Uh, there are a number behind us, but we are the first to kick it off. And the decision to invest, what's behind it? What is the purpose? Well, Well Networks had a bit of a vision maybe five years ago that the power system was going to need more local power. So rather than the traditional large-scale generation coming from from around the country, we see a future that new power will, is part of where we make local power, local solar, uh, and we use batteries to manage it. So this isn't necessarily about the national grid you can sell into the national grid. This is about a growing proportion of power being provided locally. Primarily, you yes. Yeah. yeah, primarily, yes. The, the thing about a battery is it's a very flexible um, facility. So we could produce, you know, 30 megawatts in one hour or three megawatts over 10 hours. So the beauty of a battery it can work hard in both directions as and when required. Well, let's talk about the the times that it might be required. Uh, 2,000 homes. Um, in what circumstances would it be used to service your local customers? Okay, in the local customer context, we'll, we are building two solar farms next year in the Waikato. And so we'll be able to take the solar during the day, which is often more than the power that's being used by the local consumer in the day. And when everyone comes home at night, they put, plug their EVs in and they open their s- stoves. And um, so we see a peak in the evening and then we can shift that solar power from the middle of the day to the evening peak. Will that affect the price for the customer? It should help uh, keep prices down because if otherwise you've got to get the peaks from the large power stations. Right. So if you are not having to utilise spot market at peak time, yes. you'll use this instead, you will pass that saving on to the customer. Yeah, it will pass on naturally because when we run the local You won't have thing, the cost. We'll have less, you less won't, you demand, won't, Okay, less understood. Okay, so that's one thing. Second thing is... Um, you mentioned that it can prov- it could be provided provided back into the grid. Is it on a scale that could be impactful uh, if the grid itself is under stress? Again, high spot prices, or it's a drop in the ocean in that respect. It, it's pretty small in the in the aspect of the grid, but nevertheless, there's a little reserves market where one power station falls off, and this battery can come on in one second. So in that sense, it has quite a high impact in, in security so supply. So if there was a localised outage, yes. uh, this could step in? It could step in. Instead of an, a, a uh, more expensive alternative or a slower alternative? Yes, it can step in, but it has a certain limitation on how long it can step in, so uh-huh. it buys a bit of time 
to bring on other options. So we mentioned enough power for 2,000 homes, but is that 2,000 homes today, tomorrow, next week or next year, or is it 2,000 homes for a short time? It's it's 2,000 homes for a few hours right? while we fix stuff up. Right, okay. Um, and for the peaks. It's, the peaks usually run for two or three hours. Right, so it covers the peaks and it covers a, a short outage. Yep. Where do you think things are heading with respect to power supply from the national grid, which is currently overwhelming, and power supply from more localised suppliers, whether they are community-based or a company like yours? We're in a period now where there's rapid change, so we'll need it all. Uh, To give you an example, um, the decarbonisation is going to replace a lot of the oil and the oil is twice, currently twice the electricity energy in New Zealand. So you can imagine shifting all that oil into electricity and shifting gas and coal into electricity. So we see this next 10 years as kind of exponential growth in electricity. So all these local systems have to work with the national systems to keep up, basically. Well, I think it's something like doubling by 2035, I think, is the rule of thumb that the, the um, Commerce Commission, sorry, the Commerce Commission, the Climate Commission was talking about. The question is, this just feels so comparatively small. So I'm trying to get a sense of, for uh, a, a distributor like Well Networks, what proportion might it grow to relative to the grid over time? Well, to give you a feel for that, if you buy an EV and you plug it into your house, you've, you've put 50% more load on your house if you charge your EV. So two EVs double the house load. So when you imagine that, imagine if that was a road, a wires and the network were like a road if you double the traffic. So what will happen is we will put these systems in at this scale and then we'll probably go down a scale and down a scale. So smaller battery on a factory, smaller battery on a house. And it all becomes part of a, a, a more complex infrastructure, but one that's required to manage the, the demand. Well, will you be putting the battery on the house or the factory, or will the factory owner and the homeowner be doing that? Combination of the two. Of, of the two. We, we will probably own some. The owners of houses, some owners will own them. So this is the distributors, the lines companies, one anyway, and you're talking mm. about others, gradually becoming less dependent on the national grid. It's still, it will be the overwhelming provider, but gradually having parallel options? A little bit. The, the distributors are like roads. They, the energy always comes from the national grid, so really it's just them handling more local energy plus right. the national grid. Right, right. So let yeah. me get clear. You're the retailer, not the distributor, not the lines company. Correct. You're yeah. the retailer. We're still the energy company. Right, you're the retailer. Okay. So the next question is, um, in some ways, is this proof of concept for you? Uh, no, actually. It's, uh, it's big enough to be really useful. Yes, yes. And for us, we have a, a company called Infratech, which is our, our construction company, and it's been building solar and batteries in the Pacific for the last seven years in the aid project. So ironically... This new development actually started in in a less developed economy where there was no choice but to have a local power system which was run by solar and batteries. So that's that's our DNA. Another matter that you've touched on is that if we're going to have this more distributed supply, we need a system that can handle it. Correct, that's exactly right. So, and there's lots of things in that. Coming back to the lines companies, they need big enough 
bits of kit to handle more electricity? Do they also need more sophisticated two-way systems? Where are we at with their part of the story? Uh, you're right onto it. So we are moving into this digital age, and uh, we are part of building those systems with this battery. So the battery in itself looks like 16 containers, but most of the work and the time taken was designing the system to manage it. And so that's a lot of... How does it connect to the distribution system then, in a, in a two-way manner? Uh, it connects, in a sense, it connects the same as every other power station in a simple uh-huh. connection, but it's managed in a much more, like it's managed every second. Do you have your own software doing that? Yes, yes. Will it get to the point where your software and others' software has to communicate directly with the grid? Absolutely. And, that's, and that's, where are we at with that journey? Well, we're setting the scene there exactly with the system operator with Transpower and with the network operator. So a lot of our work has been in algorithms and software systems to support that interface. So they are looking at what you are doing? Absolutely, yes. And and it's a lot of why Well is doing this, is to learn as well and, and what they need to do with their network systems. How much did it cost? Uh, this one was $23.5 million. And who pays for it? Uh, well, we are the investor as our company, so the new power company is funding that. Does the customer pay or does the shareholder pay? Shareholder pays. Mm, as an investment. Mm. Is it part of your regulated asset base? N- no, no, this is part of new power's energy business. All right, so not related to the lines, uh, sorry, to Well Networks, the retailers' commerce commission? No, no. Okay. How does the battery work and, and what's it made up of? Everyone's now worried that the lithium will run out, that the rare earth will run out, that, you know, yeah. as I cynically say, every solution has a problem. Um, can you give us an idea of where the battery technology is at now? Yeah, so this this technology we're using is actually very similar to the cars. It's not, not a dissimilar. It's configured differently for an industrial sort of application. Um, so I think the difference here is the way we run this battery, we expect it to last for 25 years. It's not working the same as a car, and it's managed differently. So a car might be, you know, 5 to 10 years of battery life, and, and we're 25, so it's, it's a long-life asset. What's enabled that? What's the... What's the... Uh, just, just there's some smart people and the companies offshore who are building this technology. They're doing thousands of these batteries for renewables across the world. Do they include, however, those rare earths, lithium, other things? They use lithium mine, yes. They do use lithium. Are they getting smaller over time? Uh, Yes, everything generally does get smaller and more more powerful. Um, And over time, I expect they'll use new materials. They'll find, you know, a sodium battery. There's a sodium battery. So as the cars grow in volume, you know, the value of the manufacturing market grows and they start exploring and researching and developing new materials. We mentioned the new um, investments in the likes of solar and wind that are more intermittent. Ultimately, this battery might just be evening out those highs and lows in time. Ab- absolutely. That's its role, really. And some, you know, sometimes the wind won't blow. We know the solar is pretty predictable, but it's in the middle of the day. Is there a benefit also in its proximity to Huntley? Because, of course, Huntley's got the coal power station, got about 10 years left in it, I understand. We don't appear to be anywhere near ready <laughs> to <laughs> replace it with something else. But what it will have is a lot of connections to the grid. Is it yeah. handy to be close to existing infrastructure? And I think this is the, the, the beauty of batteries because they're so flexible. Um, and they're modular, so you can build a big one or a small one. So we would see these being able to be built anywhere in New Zealand and almost doing the same job. 
and the connection to the grid's not relevant, the infrastructure of the national grid's not necessarily relevant? Not so much because we're inside the local network uh, everywhere, right? Again. So we're back to that local picture. How many companies, retailers, are lining up behind you to give this kickoff? Um, well, there's some that are working directly with customers and rooftop systems. Um, others, uh, the larger gen tailors, we call them, the Meridians and Co are building big batteries, so Meridian's underway with one up north. And I think, I suspect each of the other companies might announce a battery in the next year or so. With the fully distributed, with the household or business level battery, the complaints come in about what they get paid when they pay back into the grid system. Mm. What's the difference are they part of that fast reserves that reserves market? If, if you if you are a householder paying, is that what you're part of? They haven't been traditionally. Uh, just the sophistication of the technology, but they will become so in time. In so time. at the moment, where are they paying their amount of of, of excess that they say they're getting a tiny amount? Um, for? Well, if everyone's different depending on what size they put on their roof, but they'll usually pay their local retailer. Their local retailer deal, yeah. again. So the retailers really are at the front line. Of what happens with price incentives, capacity, absolutely, and management of distributed systems. That's exactly right. Yeah, they're the energy provider. Grant, thank you. Grant Power is New Power's chief executive. It is a subsidiary of Well Networks, which has launched the country's first utility-scale battery storage system.